from spooky legends past, down through generations, to haunted locations that hold a ghostly past. Come one, come all, come binders and seekers, hear the creepy side of Eva. Welcome to the creepy side of NEPA. I am Dan Kozlowski. Before we get started with tonight's episode, I'd like to tell all of our new listeners and also remind any of our continued listeners to make sure you follow us on Facebook. That is the best way to get all the latest show information. And if you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, or follow the creepy side of NEPA on whichever podcast platform that you are currently listening to us on. Tonight we are joined by Stan Gordon. Stan is a UFO and Bigfoot researcher and author. Stan has spent many years researching and collecting stories all throughout Pennsylvania. Stan, welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks very much for having me on. So, Stan, how did you get interested in the whole UFO and Bigfoot thing? Well, actually, believe it or not, I've been doing this now for over 63 years. I started this as a 10-year-old kid back in 1959 who was uh, interested in, in science and electronics and things of that nature. And I just happened one evening that tuned the AM radio dial, and I heard a radio show talking about strange, unusual happenings. They were talking about flying saucers and haunted houses and odd things, and I wanted to know if these people were making the stories up or they were telling the truth. So I went to the local library and began to read all the books they had on the subject. I was 16 years old in 1965 when the UFO incident happened near Kecksburg, Pennsylvania, and uh, I started investigating it uh, as it was breaking on the news that evening and followed that case right up through last year and this year. And uh, I've been out in the field ever since investigating those sightings. And uh, 1969, I set up a hotline for the public to report sightings. And that phone line is still active, and it's been very, very busy the last few weeks. So I get a lot of phone and email reports and I'll also tell you that in uh, 1970, I found the first of three volunteer research groups that investigated the phenomenon across Pennsylvania for many, many years. The groups were kind of unique in that those, most of those involved were specialists. We had scientists, engineers, technicians, police officers, former military people who volunteered their times. Well, we all had full-time jobs, but I had it set up where we could respond to cases 24 hours a day. And we were very, very busy for many years. So do you specialize mostly in Pennsylvania itself or all over America? I, I deal mainly in Pennsylvania because it never stops here. It's every year, all year round, reports are coming in. And, and let me tell you right from the beginning, you know, from the time I've been out in the field investigating, I've interviewed thousands of UFO witnesses and hundreds of Bigfoot and cryptid witnesses in Pennsylvania. And, uh, and while many reports come in that initially sound strange and unusual, especially with UFO sightings, or as the government calls them now UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena, uh, that uh, a lot of these sightings look strange and unusual, but when you take the time to properly investigate them, many are determined to be misidentifications of natural or man-made sources. So we have a lot of things you can explain, but I can tell you every year, and including even in recent weeks, some of the reports coming in are not cases you can easily dismiss. So I would have to agree with you. When I started this show back probably about four years now, I thought it would just be like a little show we would do around Halloween, talk about UFOs, paranormal, all that kind of stuff. But once the stories start coming in, it, it is a hotbed for that kind of information around here. 
Oh, yeah. Well, we have to, I deal with these cases almost every day. I mean, on current and past reports. And, I mean, I just interviewed a guy in the last two hours that just had a really good, very close-range uh, UFO encounter uh, in the last couple weeks. And uh, I'll be following up more on that one, too. But even the last few weeks, we've had uh, daylight Bigfoot sightings. We've had low-level UFO incidents. I mean, these are really detailed reports coming in from a lot of people. And uh, it, it's really interesting what's been happening. Do you tend to get more Bigfoot sightings or UFO sightings reported to you? Oh, you always get a lot more UFO reports. That's very common. Bigfoot sightings, yes, we do receive reports every year. But I can tell you whether it's a UFO sighting or a Bigfoot sighting, you know, reports come in here from people from all walks of life, men, women, and children. And many are very reputable people with some of them with very important positions. And that's the reason you don't hear about it in the news because many of these people don't want to go public. And I can tell you, for a lot of these people I've interviewed over the years, many of them would never have believed that these things exist, so they had their own personal encounter. And for many of them, it was a life-changing experience. I know one thing I seem to notice. No matter who it is talking, they seem to have at least one experience they can't explain, be it UFO, paranormal, Bigfoot. Even if they don't want to admit it, once you start talking to them, they at least have one experience out there. Well, a lot of people have their own, and a lot of people know other people that have. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's much more common than people realize. I mean, just from the reports that I receive, and then I'm in contact with many other researchers across the state and other areas, and just from what they're receiving, we can't even imagine how much of this is going on that we don't even hear about. Or people wait for weeks, months, or years before they're reported, if at all. So, I mean, that's not uncommon at all. This, this is something that's going on much more commonly than most people realize. Yeah, I could, I could imagine. And when you're getting all these reports, is there any special area in Pennsylvania that seems to be more active than others? Well, I, we get a lot of reports from southwest PA, southwest regions, but we get reports from across the state. And uh, I can tell in the last year or so, I know I've, we're hearing a lot of reports from up to the New York PA border, up around the Allegheny National Forest and other areas around there. I've had reports in recent weeks uh, north of Pittsburgh, uh, and I don't know what areas you cover. I'm sure we've had probably reports in most counties in Pennsylvania, but uh, we've had reports up around Elk County recently, uh, a lot of sightings all around the greater Pittsburgh area. Uh, and one area that is very, very active historically is the Chestnut Ridge. I've been up there since the 60s. The Chestnut Ridge is that mountain range that runs through Westmoreland, Fayette, and Indiana County, okay. southwest PA, extends down to a few miles outside of Morgantown, West Virginia. So for years and years, there's been a history of Bigfoot sightings and strange creature encounters and UFOs and all kind of phenomena along many parts of the ridge. But there are certain areas in that ridge area that are very, very active. So right, so Fayette County, very, very active historically last year to this year. Westmoreland County has some areas around Derry Township, Bigfoot sightings almost every year. And uh, we had some good ones last year. And I can tell you, uh, just for example, November of last year and then more recently, in fact, we're going up with a team to investigate reports this weekend up in that area. Various people who don't even know each other are reporting these incidents. So we're hearing all kind of reports. And a lot of these are outdoorsmen and experienced hunters calling in, too. And these are guys that spend years out there and never experienced anything unusual. And then you kind of see that we get these reports from different people, not knowing other people within miles of them are also calling in. 
Right, and it's, it's always more interesting when those stories line up from different eyewitnesses. Well, that's true, and, and I'm, I'm a detail person, so I want these people to give me the details. And it's amazing when you see the patterns over the years, you see the similarities of the little details. Um, I wrote in 1973, here in Pennsylvania, we had the biggest UFO outbreak ever documented. It went on all year with hundreds and hundreds of UFO sightings, and a lot of the news media was picking it up. And you've got to remember, it's before cell phones. We didn't have communication like we do today. Right, people but didn't always local, have a camera on them. Say again? People didn't always have a camera on them like they do now back then. Well, yeah, and we are getting pictures in. I can tell you even in recent days and weeks we're getting pictures in and security camera footage and different things in as well to look at. But we did get pictures over the years, not a lot of them, but some people have been lucky. In many, many cases, the incidents last seconds uh, with a Bigfoot running across the field run across somebody in front of somebody's car or a UFO that's suddenly hovering there like many reports last year in daylight of these large look like solid metallic cigar-shaped objects that are hovering in a beautiful sky and just suddenly vanish, and they don't see them again. And so lots of times the sightings are so short, and in other cases people were so startled and so shocked by what they saw, they said the last thing they ever thought about was taking a picture. Right, yep, that isn't the first thing you think of when something like that happens to you. I I totally agree with that. Yeah. So has anything ever happened to you personally? I have... uh, Believe it or not, in all the years I've been doing this, I have never never seen a Bigfoot or a UFO. I've seen a lot of evidence out in the field. I've made many casts of footprints over the years. But uh, I believe back in 73, I was pretty close to a Bigfoot but never saw it. I'm pretty certain I chased one in the dark through a cornfield in the dark. <laughs> it was way ahead of us, moving much faster, making a very strange very loud sound, like almost somebody with asthma, very loud, heavy breathing sound, recorded the sounds, but whatever it was, we could never catch up to it. That was on a farm where the people reported this thing was coming back at different times, and different people had seen it at very, very close range. So over the years investigating, then, what are some of your favorite stories that have been reported to you, or you even worked on investigating? Oh, my gosh. We could talk for days, literally. <laughs> and there have been amazing cases, probably... One of the most amazing cases, and this will take a few minutes to tell you the story. Oh, that's okay. But this was the case, among others during 73, that led me to believe that Bigfoot is a much stranger phenomena than what a lot of people think it is. Uh, you know, when I got involved in investigating Bigfoot sightings in Pennsylvania in the 1960s, I thought from what I knew about Bigfoot, it was probably some type of unknown creature, some type of unknown species out there. But as these events were unfolding in 1973... And from widespread areas, and, and a lot of these calls were initially coming into the police departments and news media. Then they were calling my group to go out to investigate them. And uh, we were on the scene many times within minutes to hours after they occurred, and that's why we were able to document it so much. I read a whole book about it called Silent Invasion. And the case that really stands out, and I remember it well, it was October 25, 1973. And I got a call from a state trooper from the Uniontown Barracks up in Fayette County. And he had just come back from investigating this multiple witness UFO landing. And to make the story short, he had 15 people in the rural area observe this barn-sized red sphere about 100 feet off the ground, hovering and beginning to slowly move downward. Uh, The farmer's son, who would be the adult in this group I'm talking about, of these three I'll be telling you about, he was coming down to visit his family on the farm and sees this object in the sky, and people were standing outside looking at it. He goes to a neighbor's house to get a better view. 
it looks like this big object is going to land on his dad's pasture. So he decide, he and two of the young neighbor boys decide they're going to go up in the field and see what this thing is. He stopped over his dad's farm before they went up, grabbed a thirty odd six and a handful of ammunition. In that ammunition, he didn't realize he had two tracer bullets. And those that hunt out there, you know, you just get that luminous trail when they fire that tracer bullet. Anyhow, as they're going down the farm road, they hear these high-pitched whining noises, uh, whining noises, baby crying sounds. Dogs are going crazy around the area. They make their way up to the pasture, and they're, they're standing there in amazement about 250 feet away. This object is now on the ground or right above it. It's no longer just a big sphere. It's like a half a sphere. It's a big white dome about 100 feet in diameter, making that loud whining noise. They're standing there in amazement, but then their attention is drawn to a barbed wire fence about 75 feet away. Along that barbed wire fence are these two huge, hair-covered, bipedal creatures, very much described like what people describe as Bigfoot, one behind the other, moving along that barbed wire fence in their direction. The biggest one's about 8 feet tall, the other about 7 feet tall. The arms are so long that these creatures are almost hanging down to the ground. They have luminous, large, luminous green eyes. They have no neck, and they're making that baby crying whining noise. And the one boy is so frightened, he runs out of the field. The other kid starts yelling at the adult, shoot him, shoot him. He fires his first shot over their head, and it's a tracer. No effect. The second round, he fires a second tracer. The largest of the two creatures reaches out. And so to grab that tracer, makes a loud whining, crying noise, and at that moment, that huge luminous object vanishes and it's gone. It doesn't accelerate and leave. It just disappears and it's gone. Most of the luminosity is gone. The creatures turn around start walking back along the fence line towards the woods. The fellow is now firing live ammo from his 30 6 into the creatures with no effect on them whatsoever. The short part of the story, and it's a long, long, gets even stranger during the night, uh, they go. They leave there. They go back to the house. They take the family to a neighbor's. They call the state police. Troop arrives 45 minutes later, and he told me, he said, when I got up in the air, we went up in the troop car, the witness and I went up, looked for evidence. He said, the area where the object was on the ground was self-luminescent and glowing, about 100 feet more in diameter. The farm animals wouldn't go near it, he said. He said, if I had a, if I had a newspaper, I'm pretty certain I could read the newspaper from the light coming off the glow. That's wow. the short part of the story. Well, that is definitely a strange one. You, you you were right when you said that before you started telling the story. Well, that's only a part of it. We don't have time to go on the whole thing. It's it's uh, it's an amazing story. There were many cases like that during 73 and been many, many since then. And I've learned a lot more about the Bigfoot phenomena and how strange it is. And what I wrote about in the 70s, now all over the country hearing similar reports. And that story almost ties in UFO with Bigfoot. Right. That but makes it even more again, strange. I always say this when I'm talking about this. I'm not suggesting that Bigfoot is a passenger in a spacecraft from another planet. Whatever we're dealing with, the data is coming in more and more. We're dealing with a phenomena that has a physical and a non-physical component to it, which is why there's no bodies. For lack of a better term, I'll call it interdimensional. It's much, much more complicated than people realize. You're beginning to see some TV shows about this now. You're hearing more and more about this, and uh, I'm telling you, there's a lot more to this than anybody understands. I don't think anybody understands, including the government. Yeah, that was definitely, like, it, I would have to agree with you, especially listening to that story. It sounds like there's much more to it than what we thought there was. Right, and uh, there, were str- there were incidents that happened that were even strangers, which confirms more and more 
this idea that we're dealing with something that has a uh, physical and non-physical component to it. These things seem to have the ability to suddenly appear out of nowhere, to come into our reality. They leave evidence of time, and then they're gone. They come and they go, which is why you hear these reports of these various types of strange creatures, like Bigfoot and some other things that are being reported, but you never find any bodies of them. It's, it's something beyond our present scientific understanding. So what is a what is one of your favorite UFO stories that have been reported to you over the years? Oh, there's many. One of them that sticks out would be September 3rd, 1987. I remember that one pretty well, too. There were multiple witnesses. This was actually on busy Route 30 outside of Greensburg, Pennsylvania, where the Green Gate Mall was at that time. It was uh, that evening that numerous witnesses, including law enforcement, <clears throat> to see this huge, maybe 300-foot-long, solid kind of uh, blimp-like, no-gondola, kind of elliptical, cigar-shaped object, metallic, solid-looking, multiple lights on it, completely silent, about 300 feet off the ground, very low, and moving just a few hundred feet above the high-tension power lines. It moved across busy Route 30, and it moved right across the road. We have a power substation, and this huge object that was going horizontal turns vertical in the sky, and when it did, all the power in the area went out, including in the mall, for a very short time. That was a very, very interesting case. And I said years and years ago, the pattern I found is that many close-range, low-level UFO sightings and many encounters with Bigfoot and other cryptids commonly occur in the vicinity of high-energy sources. So you have many sightings around high-tension power lines, power plants, gas wells, radio towers, cell phone towers, bodies of water, railroad tracks, etc., and I did hear in the past, we had a few years back, we had a local Bigfoot investigator on. And he did mention something about you, uh, Bigfoot being seen by power lines. And do you think that something with electricity attracts them? He was saying he believes that they are, they follow them as like a sense of direction. And, and again, there's theories out there. I think it's a lot more than that, that involved. I think it has something to do with the process of these things being able to come in and out of our physical reality. We just don't understand it yet. But over so many years, when you see different patterns, you see a different data coming in, you can't dismiss it all because there's just too many people reporting the same thing. This fellow I talked to a couple hours ago that had this very good uh, UFO sighting uh, just a couple weeks ago, when he first saw it, it was over a high-tension power line until it moved closer to him. Yeah, it makes you think maybe some reason they're just attracted to that power stream coming out of the, the power lines there or the transmitters or whatever's on those lines. Yeah, well, back there have been many, many sightings across Pennsylvania around power plants and high-tension power lines. Up in Indiana County, uh, they were building the Homer City Power Plant, I believe it was 1967. While it was under construction, they had a major wave of UFO sightings that was in the newspaper up there for weeks multitudes of people seeing these things hovering low, seen all around the area. And ever since then, year after year, we're getting reports of UFO sightings and Bigfoot sightings, even last year and a few months ago, very close to that area, just within miles of that area. You have seen or heard stories from all across Pennsylvania, and it seems to be oh, more yeah, like power lines and stuff like that. Do you think as well, more cases, with the like like cities or more rural areas? You get a lot of reports in rural areas, but we've had more and more reports over the years in more populated areas. So I can tell you there have been sightings very close to Pittsburgh over the years. I have a, 
a copy of a police report of a one from years ago of a large solid object covering at an intersection in Pittsburgh. Uh, there have been many reports around there. There have been sightings I know outside of Philadelphia. Uh, Harrisburg had a major wave of UFO sightings back in, I believe it was 1966. It made a lot of local and national news. They had some amazing cases going on down there. This stuff is going on everywhere. And, I mean, if you go through your historical records or if you have an old uh, historical file there of, of Pennsylvania newspapers, you'd be amazed how much activity has taken place. And I don't know for sure what, what counties you cover, but I'm sure there have been sighting reports, and we know about some in your areas as well. Yeah, we sort of cover most of, I forget the exact number of counties we cover, but it's mostly northeastern, central Pennsylvania, like the Pocono area. We're located in the scranton Wilkesbury market. So mostly Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, we venture out into the central Pennsylvania, Williamsport, uh, Lewisburg, places like that. There have been many sightings up towards that, like that's Lycoming County, if I remember. Yep. And that area, as you go up in that area, that's historically known as the Black Forest of Pennsylvania. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. No, I haven't heard and that historically, before. Historically, a lot of strange things have happened up in the Black Forest region. Um there was a really interesting case. I don't have the file in front of me right now, but it just happened uh, in, the, I believe, the last six months um, up in, I think, it's, is it Tioga County? Is that correct? Yep, that's right in that area. Okay. I think that's just there outside of our incidents. area, but it's right there. So that's Right, and I can tell you, I'm going by memory now, I'm trying to see how my memory still doing. I believe it was February of 1992, there was a massive UFO incident right over Williamsport, Pennsylvania. It was a really amazing case. It made the newspapers down there for days. It was a very big investigation of, of this huge, solid, maybe more than one on, huge, solid, kind of triangular, boomerang-shaped object, very low in the sky. It was moving so slow, there were people walking underneath it and keeping up with it. It was seen for miles and miles, and it was a big investigation going on. That was an amazing case. Well, wow, that sounds amazing, especially how you just described people walking underneath it. So it really wasn't moving fast at all. No, and uh, it was a really, really good case. Um, uh, the, the one of the main investigators of it was a former Air Force officer, retired, but uh, he investigated a lot of the reports uh, down on that end, and I was doing a lot of it from this end, and it, it was a really interesting case. And uh, I'm sure you can find the newspaper articles about it. And that was right around 1992, give or take a year there? I believe so. I can double-check my files later, but pretty certain um, it was, I think it was February of 1992. Yeah, we might even have some kind of file footage here at the station. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, it uh, it was very, very, and it was seen over uh, not just Williamsport, but several different counties around their people reporting the sighting, so possibly more than one similar object. <clears throat> Very interesting. So you have been collecting these stories for how long now, Stan? Believe it or not, over 63 years. Wow, I can just imagine the amount of stories that you have. It, it's unending. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't even begin to tell you. Thousands and thousands of cases. I, like I said, I deal with these cases regularly, all year round, all kind of weather reports come in. Like I'm saying, there's been many cases in recent weeks coming in from areas of Pennsylvania. So if anybody's seen anything, uh, my website is stangordon.info. Uh, all my contact information on there is phone number and email, how they can reach me. And uh, if they have seen anything even in recent weeks or months, I'd like to hear from them. Okay. And your phone number is on the website, you said? 
Yeah, the number they can call, actually, it's the number people call mine. It's 724-838-7768. And email um, sightings at stangordon.info, I-N-F-O. Sightings at stangordon.info. And we mentioned in the beginning of this broadcast that you are an author also. So is it information on your books on the website? Um, actually, uh, all my books are on Amazon.com now and BarnesandNoble.com. My, my latest book came out last year. It's got some really amazing cases from all over the state, and there's very unusual incidents, things I'm sure most people have never heard of before. It's called Creepy Cryptids and Strange UFO Encounters of Pennsylvania. And the book, it goes into great detail about that 1973 way with the UFOs and Bigfoot and goes in much more detail. It's called Silent Invasion, the Pennsylvania UFO Bigfoot Casebook. And I still get people from all over the world calling me about that book. So how many books have you published now about UFOs, Bigfoot, and anything creepy, really? I've written uh, four books. So you, you have been busy on this subject, that's for sure. Well, I've been doing it for a long, long time, and maybe one of these days I'll get to see something I can't explain. <laughs> I sure, I'm sure, i sure you probably could. <laughs> well, Stan, I'd like to thank you for taking some time out of your schedule, sharing a couple stories with us. You're very interesting to talk to. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks very much for having me on the program. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Creepy Side of NEPA. If you have an idea for an upcoming episode, or maybe you have a personal creepy story that happened to you that you would like to share with us, we would love to hear from you. You could contact us at ghost at WNEP.com. You could also message us through our Facebook page, WNEP's Creepy Side of NEPA. Until next time, enjoy The Creepy Side of NEPA. This has been The Creepy Side of NEPA. If you have a spooky story that took place in northeastern or central Pennsylvania, send it to ghost at WNEP.com for your chance to share it on an upcoming episode. We're dying to hear from you. <laughs>